Welcome to the Queer Conversation podcast brought to you by Lotol Media, a show where we discuss all things queer. I am your host, Silke Bader, a publisher and producer in the LGBTQI space in Australia for the past 30 years. Liz Bradshaw is the lead curator at Qtopia, a new queer museum in Sydney. Liz is in charge of the curation of Ward 17,000, Australia's first HIV-AIDS unit located in St. Vincent's Hospital. The exhibitions at Qtopia will showcase queer, trans and gender-diverse contemporary culture, highlighting the vision of the future permanent queer museum. What Qtopia is trying to do in terms of queer storytelling, addressing historical kind of violence and vilification and all of the things that we've worked to kind of recover from and to gain human rights around um, and also to celebrate our culture and creativity and particularly in relation to the history of HIV AIDS in Sydney. My vision for the original presentation of Ward 17 South was to work with St Vincent's Hospital, uh, the Kirby Institute, the major um, HIV-AIDS organisations to recreate something very authentic and moving, very solemn, um, that had gravitas around, you know, the anniversary, it was the 40th anniversary of, you know, the, the identification of the virus. And really important to, you know, do that with integrity to the reality of that uh, time, which I remember vividly and, and shaped my life and those, li you know, the lives of my peers, many of whom I lost, uh, friends, um, and the way that has continued to shape our culture and communities, I think. Uh, that, that was what I was hoping for. And I was very privileged to work with a lot of terrific people with real expertise in various aspects of that time and um, Mazimaj contributed amazing photographs and David O'Brien edited incredible interviews with long-term survivors, with doctors, nurses, with the Sisters of Charity. And it's such a rich story of incredible people. I, I really hoped to do them justice in their stories and to honour the memories of the people we lost. The curatorial process was, uh, it was kind of blessed uh, it felt like um, something I really had to do was a kind of passion project, but it was also incredibly emotional. I mean, the, the, the grief, I think, from that time is still with a lot of us, and in a way that's part of why the story is important. But I'm, I, I've also taught young people for a very long time, and I was very aware that a lot of the young people I knew didn't know much about that history, that you know, with the incredible medical breakthroughs that, that are quite miraculous now, doesn't take up the same space in terms of understanding the complexity of all of those stories and the reality of what happened. And so it was a very emotional thing, but, you know, working with St Vincent's who had artefacts from the renovation of the ward in the 90s and, you know, being able to visualise something that felt very true to that time and that experience and, you know, recognising in Maz's images, friends. It was very poignant, um, but, I, I, you know, I, I feel like it's a really important set of stories. 
You know, for me, the idea of serving the community by creating exhibitions is about honouring the stories and honouring the fact that they belong to everyone and everyone has memories and experiences and that it's really important for us to present the stories that aren't skewed to any one point of view. So to, to make sure multiple voices are present in, in any of that storytelling. Yeah. Mm. It was absolutely exhilarating to open that show and to feel that we had realised something significant and meaningful. And, you know, that came for me actually through witnessing people seeing the show. I, I would often loiter and experience people's reactions and to, to make sure that, you know, people who remembered the ward and people who had worked on the ward came in and to see and to talk through their reactions was really very rewarding. Were there mainly emotional reactions? Incredibly emotional. And of course, there were people who looked in the door and went, I don't want to go back there. And I really respect that. And with our presentation, I wanted to be careful to create spaces where you choose to go further into the space. I mean, I don't want to name any names, but there were people who I know came in and were there for a few minutes and just sobbed. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually uh, a way to hold our individual and communal grief. What's really exciting for me about Qtopia Sydney is we have this amazing curatorial team from all aspects of our communities who are contributing to just the breadth and depth of storytelling. We have lengthy histories, we have lots of experiences, we have incredible records of protest and achievement and creativity and celebration. And our first opening, which is very, very soon, will be an indication of what is possible in that storytelling. So I feel very excited about people seeing what we're doing and There's a lot. There's a lot of story there. We've got a lot of First Nations voices. We've got lesbian voices. We've got trans voices. I think the diversity of the content is really powerful. Utopia Sydney is going to be a queer occupation of the former Darlinghurst Police Station. And we're very aware of the history of that place and the violence and trauma that is associated with that place for the queer community. Um, it's, it's, pivotal, uh, it's a pivotal location in the protests of 78 and Mardi Gras. It's in the heart of Darlinghurst uh, and Taylor Square. So there's many layers of queer history, both prior to decriminalisation and since, that are integral to what we're hoping to, to achieve around the storytelling of the progress since then. And of course, there's, we've made incredible progress, but uh, for me, as someone who teaches, I see people in their 20s who've been through the trauma and the rejection and all, all of the things that many of us who are much older went through. And I want us to be the antidote to that. I want us to be a permanent place of visibility and of acknowledgement of those difficult histories um, and of celebration that we're, we're here and we're, we're queer and we're still here and we're, 
we want to open that up so that people can discover who they are and not feel pressured to be gay in a particular way either. And that uh, everybody else, because this is a museum for everyone, respects and understands where we've come from. So this museum is probably one of the first queer museums. What does your research tell you? So there are already a number of queer museums. There's one in London, uh, Amsterdam, New York. They're the ones I've researched. I suspect there are others. I think there are some things that are uniquely ours here, particularly around the history of HIV AIDS, that uh, makes us a unique contributor to, to global world you know, to, to global uh, queer culture. So that would include, you know, the Australian model in re the response to HIV, the fact that community and activists were involved with government, with uh, the medical centres, that people like Professor Ron Penny and Professor David Cooper foresaw HIV AIDS would arrive here. We didn't call it then. You know, approach St Vincent's to say we need to prepare for this, that the Sisters of Charity said we will care for these people when, you know, in other places in the world, you know, no one would touch someone with AIDS. No one would, you know, deliver their food tray in hospital. It would be left at the door. So that's what I mean by this is a story of incredible people, you know, that... that uh, contributed also to all of the, almost all of the medical trials of treatments, um, saw those breakthroughs. Uh, Professor Cooper recognised seroconversion, you know, the combination treatments, all of those things, a lot of, a huge contribution was made uh, by here in Darlinghurst, let alone Australia. You have reached out to Lottle because it was important for you that lesbian voices are heard and you are dedicating one room just alone to Lottle. What can can lesbians or women expect to see? Um, in terms of lesbian representation, obviously as someone leading a curatorial team, I've been very clear about the importance of all kinds of representation, but there will be moments which are kind of dedicated to something like Lesbians on the Loose, which is such a significant journal of, of our history and stories about dykes on bikes. There will be um, some display with content from Wicked Women. We're having some uh, adult-only uh, space. But really, I, I'm not... We're not about separating things off, you know. We have been a complex array of communities. I mean, for example, with, you know, the Dykes on Bikes patrols of Oxford Street and, and Surrey Hills and the Beats, I think, you know, I want to really highlight those moments where we've come together to create change, to support each other. You know, the, the it was a rite of passage for young lesbians to help out and be part of it caring teams in terms of Ankali and, and at the hospice and visiting Ward 17 South. So I think there are places that are dedicated and there are places where we are included in all of those stories. Were there any challenges or breakthrough in getting lesbian content on the floor, so to speak? 
Look, I think that one of the challenges is we kind of hold our histories differently. Um, the sheer volume of gay clubs and men's venues and, you know, uh, uh, incredible people who have collected every single item for, for many decades and have been very public about that makes strands of gay history quite accessible, whereas our clubs often last for a while and then close or change venues and there's a, a less kind of permanent or ongoing kind of capacity for that kind of archival impulse. That said, of course, people have been incredibly generous with their time and their experience and their collections as well. So the whole project feels incredibly blessed by this impetus to contribute and to create something that's meaningful for all of our communities. We open on February the 23rd and we'll be open, I think, Wednesday to Saturday or Wednesday to Sunday. And all of the exhibitions will be open. Uh, and there's maybe 15, I think, altogether, uh, including in the substation and the toilet block. Um, in Taylor Square. We'll also have a schedule of performances, so really supporting queer creatives and their theatre or poetry or you know, those kinds of things. There'll be a program of that and we'll be doing... There'll, there'll be a load of us around to, to take you on little tours and things like that. And people can find out more about it from your website or social media? Yeah, please follow us on uh, Instagram or go to the website, Utopia Sydney. One of the things I would say is if you have memories around your experience of HIV, um, whether it's you personally as a survivor, whether you worked in the field, people you lost, we'd really welcome your contribution to the memorial we're developing. Well, Liz, thank you so much for coming to see us and Absolute to talk pleasure. <laughs> about the exhibition. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. We're really excited to have Lesbians on the Loose um, be part of this opening offering as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook using the tag at Media, or head over to our website, lotl.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.